from eight stores to over 800 stores worldwide, this fantastic lady took the beloved and number one Filipino bake shop brand, Goldilocks, to where it is today. Her career that spanned 32 years also led her to the presidency of Domino's Philippines, the iconic global pizza delivery company known for its global ordering e-commerce solutions. Today, Pinky Yi is the president and CEO of Pure Essentials Specialist Corporation. In the height of the pandemic in August of 2020, she launched Live Clean, the first product line of her social enterprise. And on Valentine's Day of 2022, she launched First for Women and First for Men, a natural skincare line that combines the power of Philippine coconut oil and plant-derived active ingredients from Switzerland. She is the recipient of the Go Negocio Woman Innovator of the Year held during the inspiring Filipina Entrepreneur Summit in March of 2022. Hi, I am Veronica Malolos, TCIM, founder and CEO of Capital Stack Real Estate Group, a commercial real estate company serving the greater Orlando area. Tune in to my podcast entitled Women Influencers in Business and CRE and get ready to be inspired by my guest and friend, Pinky Yi. Good evening, Pinky. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, your time, Veronica. Thank you very much for inviting me to be a guest in your podcast. I love it. I love it. And for those of you who don't know, Pinky and I actually grew up together in the Philippines. And so I'm here to bring her story to the world because she has such a fabulous story that I'd like for her to tell. Well, that being said, Pinky, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Wow. Sharing my journey with you and your audience is such a privilege and an honor for me, Veronica. Let me start with my name, because I'm sure a lot of your friends who are watching you, uh, watching this episode, would be wondering, why is her name Pinky? So my real name is uh, Along. It's three names, Maria, Amparo, Victoria. And here in the, in the Philippines is really kind of normal for, for girls to have two, three names, or even boys for that matter. And so when my my mom gave birth to me, it was a kind of difficult pregnancy and childbirth for her. So everyone rushed to the hospital to greet her and welcome me into the family as I was one of them. On my dad's side of the family, I was the eldest grandchild. So those who visited me in the nursery said, oh, look at how pink she is from her head to her toes like my, <laughs> yeah I was pink all over which was very rare for a Filipino I was fair compared to most Filipino babies and so everyone said how pink I was and that name stuck pinky and uh, growing up with you Veronica I used to call you Ani that's right that yeah. was my nickname Ani oh and by the way for the sake of the people who are tuning in, Pinky is right now in the Philippines, which is 12 hours ahead of me because I am in Florida and it is about 8.20 in the morning and it's 8.20 at night there. So thank you for doing this. But yes, we grew up together and I'm Oni and you're Pinky. 
That's right. Yes. <laughs> and so going uh, back to you know my childhood, I'm the eldest of four children. I'm the only girl. And I remember my mom exposing me to so many things at a very young age, um, ballet lessons, piano, which I took in our school. It was my after school activities. And in high school, I was part of the you know, cheer dancing squad, or I think here in the United in the United States, you would call that cheerleading, but in the Philippines, it was like cheer dancing. So there's so different, uh, hard court, they, they'd say these days. Oh. And I'd like to also think that I was academically gifted, but I was lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like most teenagers are, we'd rather do our own thing. And so, um, but an, at a very young age as well, my mom honed some leadership skills in me. I think being the eldest, it comes with the territory, having responsibility at home, taking care of not just, you know, the house, but being an authority figure with the family, with my brothers. And that led also to, in in school, there were some years that I was part of the school class officers, you'd call it, yeah. And so, and with my dad, I remember him telling me one day as I was about to enter high school, you know, he said, there. if there's one thing that you're going to inherit from me is your last name. So my maiden name is Trinidad. And so he said that that name, my grandfather, uh, my, my father, who is my grandfather, told him that he's already passing to me, that the, the family took care of that name and he doesn't want it tarnished. So credibility and integrity is very important. And if it had to be that I lost money in, or it wasn't about any financial gain, it wasn't in anything about being important in the community, but having credibility and integrity. So I took that to heart. And my mom wanted me to be exposed to the rest of the world because she was a travel agent. In the 60s, she had her own travel business, small. She was affiliated with a bigger travel agency. I guess these days you'd call that an independent contractor. But during sure. that time, you know, in the late 60s and in the early 70s, the word they used was a travel agent. And, sure. And, um, and I think maybe that's also part of how you were able to develop entrepreneurship. Am I, mm. am I correct with that? Yeah. That's right. That's right. And my dad was a corporate guy from San Miguel Corporation. He moved on to Philippine Refining Company, which is now known as Unilever Philippines. And of but, course, these are such big companies in the Philippines. Mm, Unilever is, is huge in the Philippines. Yes, that's right. But Family came first. And so when the opportunity for me to study abroad, my, my mom sent me to the United States as an exchange student when I was in grade 12. And it was her way for me to open my eyes that there is a bigger world outside of where we were. At the time in the country's history, it was martial law. 
And there's not that many opportunities given to, in fact, there was a travel ban and it was only through a specific reason that you could leave the country and one of them was to study. And so my mom gave me that opportunity to study grade 12 in Boston, Massachusetts. I was part of the group called uh, Youth for Understanding. It's a global organization that's based in Washington, D.C. that does exchange programs with great oh how wonderful how wonderful that you were you were good and also during a very tumultuous time historically in the philippines that's right so i went back for my freshman year in the university which is the same school that you went to but only we had different majors right so i was business yeah and But I only stayed in the University of the Philippines for a year because our family migrated to Vancouver, Canada in 1981. My dad followed his parents who migrated 10 years prior to us. So, Oh, and and I wanted to just interject and say University of the Philippines is the university in our country, right? So yay, we're we're both alumni. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So that was already, I was 18. In fact, it was a struggle for me to move to another country because I enjoyed, you know, college life in the Philippines, in UP is phenomenal. Such an awesome time to be you know, away already from 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 the confines of high school and all its like uh, strictness and discipline. And now you're in university, and and here I was being pulled out at the height of my social life. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, and you know, have to learn again new things and meet new people again. But I, in hindsight, now that was what I needed to learn was to be more adaptive, be more, to learn more things, not just, it wasn't about me. And it was about learning to be a new person in a different world, because there is more to life than life in the Philippines at that time in our country's history. And I guess things happen for a reason. Uh, After school, I actually worked for a ladies chain of clothing stores called Fairweather and at that time as well I met my boyfriend now my husband to be yeah I, my husband to be then back then yeah, but I didn't right. know I was going to marry him so we went out we dated for uh about two and a half years before he proposed and we got married in Vancouver Canada in May of 1987 and you were you were trying to set him up with other Filipinas if I'm not mistaken that's right that's right I because I met him through his sister and you know being in, in in a Filipino community in Vancouver there were actually at that time more girls than there were guys and so so immediately when I met him, I called my friends and said, oh, there's a new boy in town who wants <laughs> to meet him. I'll set you up in a date with him. And little did I know that he wanted only to date me. But then I was like asking him, oh, who among my friends do you want to date or do you want to go to? You know? That's so, awesome. Yeah. And his family also migrated to Canada 
in the mid-80s, just slightly before the EDSA revolution happened. It was, I think, the time we're in the generation of like our parents who were like in their 40s or early 40s, maybe 50s at the time, they would be sending their kids out of the country so that they'll be away from, it was such a tumultuous Yes, very chaotic. nation's history, yeah. Yes, so, and for those, for those who do not know, the EDSA revolution is also called the people power. So I think that was the time when, when people rose up against the Marcos regime. And there was a revolution, a change of government, finally from dictatorship back into democracy at that time was the intent. That's right. That's right. And so that people power revolution happened and it was a peaceful. That's why it made such an impact in, in world history because no guns, no blood, nothing was shed because it was a peaceful change of power Correct. from that came from the people themselves, you know, so change of leadership. That's right. And that's right. The year that my husband and I got married was also the year after the revolution in which there was a renewed sense of hope and patriotism that was happening in the nation. And everyone who went away was starting to go back. And so my mother-in-law talked to Richard, my husband, and myself to go back to the Philippines. And my husband resisted the thought of, you know, going back because his goal was to open the bakery that his mom founded in 1966 called Goldilocks. His intention was to open Goldilocks Bake Shop in the East Coast of Canada, Toronto specifically, because pres- the presence of the brand was only in California, in the United States, and Vancouver, Canada, in, in, you know, in Canada. So this was the opportunity for us to expand the brand and, and go on to the East Coast and open that Atlantic seaboard and, you know, have presence, brand presence in that side of the country. And there, there's a very big population of Filipinos in Canada. That's right. And I'm assuming that the East Board mm-hmm. would be one of the communities that right. would probably have a very, very large population of Filipinos, correct? Toronto, yes. Toronto is very close to New York, Chicago. Yes. So it was easy to be strategically be in Toronto. And so to have presence in the East Coast in the United States was the second next best thing, you know. So, and that was the plan. But again, you know, plans change. And our journey from Vancouver led us to go back to the Philippines instead of the East Coast. Uh, My mother-in-law said At that time, she was 55 years old. She wanted to retire and she wanted the second generation to already start taking over slowly. So in effect, it was my mother-in-law who hired me to work for Goldilocks Big Shop, which was unheard of. You know, um, I I think I'm um, one of the rare people 
one of the rare cases wherein it's you know, the mother-in-law was my employer, was the HR person. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yes, you are right about culturally how different it is in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. fantastic. Congratulations on that. Yeah, so. thank you. So in 1987, little story of for Goldilocks, the brand was founded in 1966. So 21 years later was when we got married, but it was in 1988 when we moved back to Manila. And at the time, there were only eight stores of Goldilocks. It, but at the time then, Again, in in our country's history, because we were such a cloistered and closed country, you know, compared to our neighbors in Asia, Goldilocks already had a market leadership position. And it was time to standardize and it was time to expand. And I became part first of the operations team and into the marketing Team And fast forward in 2019, we were already at 600, almost 700 stores at that time. And your responsibility at that time with your role was expansion or export? What, what was your responsibility? In the early part of my stay in Goldilocks was in operations. So from the late 80s to the 90s, was in operations. So that's when we started our franchising program so that we can expand in the other major islands in the Philippines. And then in in 1999, I became head of marketing and I was given the position also of international sales. So in export. So it was during my tenure that Goldilocks was able to go to foreign markets um, in Asia where, and in Europe, Middle East, where there were large concentrations of Filipino communities. So we started the export program, which brought in significant revenues to the mother, to, to the parent company. That's wonderful. And congratulations. You're one of the most celebrated business women in the Philippines, or at least in Southeast Asia, from from what I gather. So I'm just so proud of you and all that you've accomplished. But let's fast forward into kind of the later stages. Now it's COVID, Uh right? And you went through some some things that made you decide to retire Uh from Goldilocks. So talk Uh a little bit about that. So in 2018, I was having so many health issues. And I thought it was because of stress. That time they moved me, uh, the Goldilocks board moved me to Domino's Pizza, which was a a brand that the Goldilocks group acquired. And so dealing with foreign principles, I thought was too much already. I was having migraine attacks, gastrointestinal issues. And I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome that the doctor removed so many things from my, I would I would say from my diet because mm-hmm. I became uh, upon testing and uh, medical, uh, you know, going through so many uh, blood work and to find out what was causing the illnesses. It was not life threatening, mind you, but it it called for a change in lifestyle. The doctor sure. removed wheat, 
which was like gluten, dairy, sugar, processed food. And it was at that time when I thought, so what Goldilocks product does not have wheat, dairy, sugar, gluten <laughs> in it? And so, right. so it was a wake-up call for me that I had to you know, modify not just what I ate, but seriously think what was in it for me. I mean, I cannot be a marketing person, but not eat what I'm selling. That's, right. I was just thinking yeah. that. No authentic- a bakery. Yes. <laughs> there's no authenticity there. And going back to the lessons from my dad, you know, where's the credibility and where's the integrity? And so I then prayed so hard, like I've never done before for, for me to have some wisdom and discernment to find out really what I should do. And in that course, I, I allowed myself to use my skills by creating a business plan pre-COVID, this 2019. So the, I thought of coming up with a line of natural cleaners because the next best thing after eating natural was to clean the home the natural way. But when I went to the supermarket, I couldn't find anything that was strong enough yet plant-based or natural that would clean the dirtiest grime, dirt, the most stubborn stains. And so I did the business plan and put my marketing skills to to the test. I'd work in the day, but at night I'd get my juices going. And so after a month in July of 2019, I finished the plan, brought it to a tall manufacturer who was awed by the plan that I had, because this was just in paper, you know, because based on research, you only need two cleaners in your home, a powder and a liquid, the powder having baking soda as an active ingredient. And for the liquid, it was a combination of sugarcane vinegar combined with pure calamansi essential oil. And I say calamansi, and so for you, for the audience, um, it's a fruit that is endemic to our country that I remember my mom and my grandmother cleaning with it. And because I'm also into essential oils, I conceptualized this product innovation that never existed yet because I, I looked into what cleaning vinegars were like in the United States and they were masked with the fragrance, either just with lavender or with eucalyptus. But I went one step further because I said there's got to be an essential oil that's citrus-based, that's going to remove everything. So conceptually, we I put it on paper and we made it a reality by November of 2019. But the struggle is real. I'm still in Goldilocks. And so it was like, okay, I have the product. We put up the company. The company name is Pure Essentials. And um, I still had gold feet because, you know, going, having that leap of faith to start from the beginning, again, was not an easy decision to make. Okay. And for the audience, Calamansi is actually like a... Local Filipino lemon, lime, I'm sorry, lime. That's right. And it's really small and and tiny and just awesome. So if you've never had calamansi, I think 
you know, it's for you to try. But yeah, so you you found out that this was mm-hmm. a good ingredient for mm-hmm. cleansing. Mm-hmm. For cleaning. So what normally uh, the juice of any citrus um, fruit would be what you would ingest. And it's the rind and the skin that you would press and distill for it to be into essential oil. And so the concept was what if we distilled, you know, the rind of the calamansi for, for us to extract calamansi essential oil. And so we put the two ingredients together and it is a fantastic product. We tested it in November of 2019. and During the pandemic. Was- no, before the pandemic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it's before. COVID-19 that's and right. that was the yeah. start of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, and I think Wuhan happened in December, right? Yeah. So, but I was still in Goldilocks. And so at the time we had a company reorg and I um, was sent back from Domino's Pizza back to Goldilocks. And so I said, um, let's give it six months. I'll. I want to first see where is the new organization going to be leading to and i did i only wanted to handle like certain projects to be given s- certain projects while i figure out what i wanted to do sure. and so prayer came into the picture again for me to be revealed what does it take for me to really make that leap of faith the courage sure. to make it happen and for, for the women who are watching, as you can tell, here is Pinky, who is very, very successful already in what she does for a very, very established company like Goldilocks, which is world renowned, especially in the Filipino community all over the world. And yet, because of this challenge that you overcame, which is the health issues that you were getting, and because of prayer, which, by the way, is very typical of a Filipino and a Filipina like us, right? We're so close to our Lord because of the way we were raised and the country Mm -hmm. itself is very uh, faithful, Mm -hmm. right? You were able to, as you called it, discern exactly how you would take this challenge Mm -hmm. and create this, this product that would not only help you, but also all the people that would probably want to have a cleaner sort of, um, cleaner is not the word, what would it be? More basic and simple, more organic way yeah. of cleaning. It's it's actually lead, lead, leading and living a toxic-free life. Because you when go. you go back to the basics, you get rid of all the artificial substances. You get rid of toxicity. Yes. Not just in, because we don't know what those cleaners contain. Mm-hmm. You know, they say they are biodegradable or environment-friendly. But really, if it's packed with, 
a lot of toxins that you don't need. That's why people get sick. Then we wonder why people have rhinitis, they have bronchitis, they have asthma. It's because of what they are inhaling, not necessarily what they are ingesting. So it really plays a very big factor if you get rid of toxins. And the only way to do it is go plant-based. Having plant-based ingredients Having natural ingredients in your cleaners that you'll be surrounding your your yourselves with, I mean, your family with, you know, if you have pets in your home, you don't know really what your, the cleaners that you put and then you have sure. pets or you have babies who crawl on the floors, right? right? <clears throat> and you'd want to have safety and you want them to be, you want to be assured that what they're walking on and what they're inhaling are are ingredients that are safe for them. Wow. And and so you have established this company and it's about mm-hmm. been out in the market for how long? So we launched in August of 2020 because when the pandemic was declared in March, I knew it was time to leave. And so I left. Uh, my last day was April 30 of 2020. We launched the brand in Live Clean uh, was is the brand name of the natural home cleaning line. We launched that in August of 2020 with a lot of restrictions because here in the Philippines, um, people couldn't go to the mall, couldn't go to the supermarket. Right. So everything was being purchased online. So we created an e-commerce, uh, a website with an e-commerce solution. And we were in the e-commerce, the popular e-commerce portals where people were already buying. And I call that correct timing because the Filipinos who were not used to online shopping already had a few months head start because right. in March, everyone had to go online, right? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing so, because... They say that, you know, the mother of invention really is, is exactly that, right? When we, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I'm really just so in awe of your accomplishments because you took that challenge, you had physical challenges and you prayed and, and you got the wisdom Mm -hmm. and you are now launching your own company and you used to work for an established company and you started your own. So that's really fantastic. I think that's so very inspiring to hear that you just continue to go on and you just follow what you feel in your heart would be the right thing to do for you, not just for yourself, right? Because you 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 have a social enterprise, right? Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about influence. Mm-hmm. I know that you starting this company, Pure Essentials, which puts out the product Live Clean. And I think you also have cosmetic products, correct? Yes. I have a natural skincare line for women and for men as well. Wow. And this is also based on the same sort of formula that you just talked about, correct? Yes. That's right. right. That's for uh, just natural removing. Plastics. Yep. Yes. And removing toxicity in into everything that you do. Well, I see here that really at the end, when I try to dissect kind of what you just talked about, this is really more of a mission based company. Mm -hmm. 
And to me, that really does lend to the way that you influence, for instance, a market or you influence other people in the way that they live their lives. So talk a little bit about the influence portion that you feel that this company or yourself being at the helm of the company has really made an impact. Yeah, that's a very good question, Ani. You know, when you talk about influence, it's making a difference in the lives of people, but it starts that you are the role model. Influencers, uh, as the term right now is, is really coming from role modeling. And you can only role model if you can be the example because you cannot influence others if you yourself are not sold on that lifestyle or that commitment, right? If you are not practicing that, you're not walking the talk, you're not practicing what you preach. And so not about being preachy, but influencing in the right way. So how it happened with me was I found my purpose. And influencing others is telling people that also they can find not just their mission, but their why. Why are they doing this? And to me, it's very clear. It was very clear when I got sick that my purpose became clear, that I should tell people using my marketing skills, right? That there are natural alternatives to toxic laden substances that are present in products in our homes. I started with home cleaners. Now I went into skincare because the skin is the largest organ in our body. And so what you need to put there are toxic free substances as well, right? right? As natural as possible as you can get. And so sticking through, sticking to that mission that I have and being purposeful and being mindful of my objectives is then what I am living for day to day to day, you know? Um, And it's not an easy journey. It's like the walk to follow him is not a bed of roses, yeah. but I know that this was what I am being led to do. It is uh, telling people, women who are in charge of our homes, right? You can influence your home. You That's your domain. That's your private space. Do you really want toxicity in your private space? You know, so there's already so much conflict outside in the world. Um, But make your home your sanctuary. It is as it should be, right? And so the brand name Live Clean is not just a name, but it's a philosophy because we need to live clean. That's how we were made to do. And the brand name that we have for the skincare is called First for Women first for men, because firstly, we need to be mindful of what we're putting on our skin. Wow. I love that. I I really love that. And to those of you who are looking at Pinky, my goodness, look at how beautiful your skin is. I mean, it's just amazing. It is just so very inspiring. 
to see how you've moved from that physical challenge to seeing you like this, so happy and so radiant. And I'm sure that those products actually kind of had a, a very large impact. And so I think that what you were talking about as far as making sure that people kind of understand and embrace the fact that they can be impactful in their own homes, at least in the realm of cleaners or mm-hmm. you know facial cosmetics and products, mm-hmm. I think is is really a big deal. So congratulations on that. I'm I'm like super excited. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, wow, you know, how do I get that? Are you going to be exporting anytime that soon? That is the goal. Yes. And so when I started the company, it is a social enterprise because there is a purpose for all that we do, and we are promoting. Philippine agricultural ingredients. And so my goal is to make calamansi known to the rest of the world and how powerful, like calamansi is endemic to our country, only us carry it. And so uh, while with all due respect to lemon, once you try calamansi, there's no turning back. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. Well, we've we've come to the time where I'm going to ask you, right, if there was one thing that the audience could take away from your episode, Mm -hmm. what would that be? Women, we wear many hats. We're daughters, mothers, sisters, wives, and so many roles uh, that we play. And so there comes a point in our lives wherein self-imposed pressure comes into play. And so if there's one thing that I'd like to reach out to your audience is to tell them that it's okay to pause. It's Mm -hmm. okay when conflicts happen and when pressures happen, it's okay to stop and pause and reflect and think and say no when you can say no. And discern uh, by looking inwards to see why things are happening the way they are happening. It's only in your quiet time wherein you can discern and when you can think clearly. Getting rid of clutter and of noise, all it takes is 15 minutes a day. That's right. You know, have your quiet time. And I'd like to share with you a very a very impactful quote by C.S. Lewis that has become a big influence in my decision, you know, my journey in the last um, three years. And C.S. Lewis said, you are never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. I was 57 when I retired from Goldilocks. I put up a company like normally some people take their early retirement in their late 50s. And here am I at 60 and have never been happier. It's an unexplainable joy. And so for the women out there, think of that C.S. Lewis quote, you are never too old to set a new goal or to dream a new dream. And if I may also talk about the young women, right? So even Mm -hmm. though the quote says you're never too old to dream a new dream, you're really never too young to do that either. That's right. Right? right. So tell me a little bit about your daughters. 
Mm-hmm. How have you seen their development as you being the role model? I have a daughter who now resides in California and three daughters here in the Philippines. They took courses that did not exist during our time. They uh, into um, financial technology, a digital marketing. My eldest daughter took up industrial design, right? So new courses, but what they are doing is what their passion is. Um, and I, I see that uh, they are driven as well. However, the new generation now, they are also mindful of the environment. They That's have right. adopted certain causes. And so my my youngest daughter now is, is a consultant for a major consultancy firm, but her focus is sustainability. You know, so uh, for it, it, it warms my heart that somehow I've created an impact in their lives that they see not just career moves but or, or career shifts, but what they are doing at a very young age is they can already make a difference in their in the lives or in the projects that they are doing at the moment. Wow, that's fantastic. And again, that goes back to you could be at any stage of your life. Mm-hmm. And still be able to have an impact on your surroundings. And I I must say, when we were growing up, Pinky, those thoughts were never really instilled in us. It's a completely different generation. Oh, completely different. You know, we took courses that our our parents wanted us to take, right? That's right. they, you couldn't have your own voice or your own speak your own mind. You know, you'd say something and it's like, oh, don't say, don't come <laughs> That's right. You, right. That's right. Because That's right. I've already been there. I've done that. And you're just starting, right? And so giving them the liberty to create their own space and finding their own space under the sun is what us parents, you know, if there's something that we will accomplish is having our 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 children find their own place and not us being helicopter moms (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah Yeah. and and thank god i think social media and and everything everything else that's happening right now allows for us to speak this way even this podcast for instance Mm -hmm. right it we're able to share kind of our wisdom as more mature i won't say old but more mature women can impart and, yeah. to uh, the younger women as well. So and I'd like to congratulate you. You know, uh, I you know you've been praising me and acknowledging me, but you know, at this time, I'd really like to s- say just how proud I am of you and what you have accomplished in that side of the world. And coming out with this podcast, it's amazing, you know. Oh. And in your own way, you can make a difference in the lives of women. That's right. And and I know you had a question for me, which kind of leads up to that. So go ahead yes. and ask me that question. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're an accomplished woman, a career person who's had so many awards and recognition, accolades left and right, associations who look up to you and colleagues who who take inspiration from from what you have done in the past. And so my question or in the present. So my question is, what legacy would you like to leave behind? You know, like um, 
I turned 60 in October and I'm you'll be turning you turned 60 already? I turned 60 wow. in March. <laughs> yeah, That's it's amazing. Right. Thank you for the question. I must say that when I turned 60, it was a day of a lot of reflection for me because obviously I wanted to think about the next 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. And to your question, I did ask myself for many days, what is it that I still want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And I'd say that the answer is that in my own little way, I want to be able to bring to other people some of the wisdom learned from the challenges that I've had in my life. And this podcast really is one of those attempts to do that, right? Because if I bring a lot of the influential women on my podcast, I think the younger women or just any woman is going to find out that all of us have gone through a lot of challenges. For me, I am an immigrant from, from the Philippines who moved to the United States as a mature adult at 27, and I was going through a very difficult divorce. And it took me a long time to find my way. And I think that sometimes just sharing our stories, not just to our friends and to the public, like, like we do here in the podcast, but to our own family and our friends, and hopefully that we have become an inspiration to others. And to give them a little bit of strength mm-hmm. and encouragement to say, if we've done it, you can do it too. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of times we as people get so lost in the, the hastiness of life right. that we forget that we have a way to be able to impart to other people the very important lessons that we've learned ourselves. You know, I tell my kids all the time that there are only two moments in life. The first is a learning moment and the next is a teaching moment. Uh And if we just took one second to think to ourselves, is this a learning moment for me? You have to be humble enough to do that, right? Or is this a teaching moment? Mm -hmm. Then you feel, you should feel responsible to be able to say to somebody else or a group of people or to whoever else that we could learn from that. And if there's one thing that I I want people to remember me by is that Mm -hmm. I've lived by that, that I've learned and I've also taught. Mm -hmm. So that would be my short answer to that. And Mm -hmm. Pinky, let me tell you, I am just so, so very grateful that you have graced my podcast. And I want to thank you for sharing your story. And I'm hoping that the audience out there who get to listen to you have become inspired by your wonderful, wonderful story of success, but also of introspection, because you have looked within yourself and have prayed to God. And and you've talked about discernment. And I think that that's so very important for, for people to know. So thank you, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you. I thank you. You know, so it's such a humbling experience for me to be asked by you. You know, I'm such an accomplished woman also back there where you are and to be speaking to a 
largely an American audience um, and sharing my journey and my story. I hope that your audience picks up a lesson or two. I love what you said, a teaching moment or a learning uh, uh a learning, learning moment. moment and a teaching moment. I love that. It's, oh, a, thank it's you. inspiring. Well, thank you. And I know it's already nighttime for you. So yeah. have a good night. And my day is just beginning. And, and we'll definitely just, I wish you all the very best for everything. Thank you. Likewise, I wish you much success in your podcast. Thank you. Take care, Pinky. Take care.